I pushed it. You know what else you pushed, man? My button. Ooh. Ooh. Ready. Ooh. Do it. <laughs> Your hair looks fantastic. When I do that, it reminds me of when you took the video as Robert De Niro and you're like, <laughs> still have that in slow-mo. You look ridiculous. I wish I got lucky, but hey, we both got them. So now we're, now not only, not <laughs> the only decks we're going to be doing from Vegas is uh, Texas Hold'em. Or craps. There's no decks in craps. Roulette? No decks in roulette. Slot machines? Yo, were you even in Vegas? Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we're back from Vegas with much more than we ever could have imagined. Boom. Boom. Yes. Welcome to episode 2-0. We made it. Somehow. We thought, we thought 10 was some huge milestone, 15, but 20? 20's big. We're a fifth of a century. <laughs> nope. Yep. It's terrible, but we are literally one-fifth of 100 years. Boom. We are. You're right. And could you believe that it feels like it was just yesterday that we were sitting down with Vestidius talking about this game? I know. That was literally 10 episodes ago. I know. It's crazy how quick it goes by. Mm-hmm. So we are back from Yeah, Vegas, we are. And uh, we had an awesome time. It was actually fantastic. I, I, I can't say this. I cannot stress this enough. Vegas is literally the adult version of Disneyland. Agreed. Everything you can ever imagine is there. You want a McDonald's? It's literally right in front of you. You want a turkey sandwich? You literally just have to turn to your left. Four in the morning, you can get a, you can get a, a, a turkey sandwich. You want to gamble? Eh, you can do that too. Eh, maybe. It's debatable. You want the highest end steak you ever could? Well, you can find that literally one step away from the McDonald's that I talked about. Absolutely. And a White Castle next door. And that's right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely incredible. But we, we had such a good time. I was so happy to go. We had such an awesome crew with us. And uh, you know what they say, Rob? What happens in Vegas? Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me ask you. You had... Um... That was your first time there, right? So yes, sir. What, did it totally live up to your expectations? Was it, a, was it a semi-letdown? It was much more than I ever could have imagined. Well, luckily we had a really good group of guys with us, so that was fun. Well, that's right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I basically went in not knowing anything. And everybody just kept telling me, whatever you're expecting, just multiply that by about 25. Mm -hmm. And they weren't kidding. <laughs> I mean, there were certain... I mean, time is literally not even relevant. So. It doesn't matter what time it is, time is non-existent. Correct. So, I mean, my sleep schedule was all messed up. I don't, I don't even remember going to sleep half the time because it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. My body, it was like culture shock for my body. But to be honest with you, I'm glad to be back, back into a routine, a little bit of reality, and, uh, you know, boom. Honestly, I thought you were going to say back in black and then I was going to follow that up with like the new iPhone, but you didn't, you didn't drop that for me. <laughs> i can't wait to get the iphone 7 it's supposed to get delivered this week i think mine comes tomorrow well you sir are lucky i am 
I mean, I've been I've been dubbed lucky before. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, Very nice. So before we go into any other pleasantries, you had a quick uh, announcement, correct? I did. Let's uh, rip this... the Band-Aid off now. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah. It's either a Band-Aid or a um, or duct tape. Certainly salt in a wound, something like that. So I'll get right to the point. So as everybody knows, and I've made it pretty clear on the podcast, that I am getting married soon. Woo! Uh, the, the, the wedding date is October 8th of this year. And so, as you can imagine, it turns out that there's a lot of planning to do. Mm-hmm. And as the days come closer to the wedding date, there's even more and more things to do. And my fiancé and I are really, really feeling the stress. Um, so that being said, it is with a heavy heart that I say that for the next two weeks or up until the wedding, we will not be able to do the podcast. Sad face, um, cry emote. There is, there is just so much going on and my fiance is doing so much. And like, like we say a lot that the episodes might be an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, but the behind the scenes and the preparation and, you know, the editing and blah, 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 that takes, you know. <laughs> well over multiples of that yeah it's not Um, like we just sit down record and it just comes out the next day there's a lot that goes into it that's right so to be fair to my fiance and because i want to be a part of the wedding and the planning as much as i possibly can be leading up to it um we will be taking a break up until i get married which i said before is october 8th Uh, so like i said it's not something that we wanted to do or planned for um but unfortunately there's no way around it we just wanted to be up front and let you guys know up front so boom Boom. Yeah, that's okay. I see it in your face how sad you are, and that's okay. I I can't even say it without, like, feeling miserable. I know. I know. It's okay. But the point is, is that we're open, we're honest, we're transparent, we let everybody know so they can plan accordingly, and they can get their fix somewhere else for a couple weeks. But the nice thing is, like you said, October 8th, it's really not that far away. The following week, we will be back. We will be uh, ready and raring to go. So, Boom. Mm Mm-hmm. So aside from my miserable news (laughs) you had some pretty awesome news this week i did uh and it was literally was it the day before we left or was it the day after we released the episode the day after we released the episode the day after we released the episode i got my very first legendary (laughs) boom That's like a four pam. That that is. I'm gonna go with an emerald and say that's a bam, bam, boom, mm-hmm. swag. Yeah, dude, couldn't believe it. And I wound up getting mine from a gold chest. What was the legendary? The princess. Do you love it? Can't even. Can I wait? Can I please just tell you what happened when it happened? Because <laughs> yes, it was. It was. Uh, it was crazy. So I'm. I mean, it was crazy in my head, I guess. I was, I pull up into work and I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting in the parking lot. I'm just going to open up a, a gold chest because it finished from last night, you know, because you always start the, the big chest before you go to sleep. Right. So I'm in the parking lot, windows up, music blasting. All of a sudden, I'm literally lazily opening this chest and then it gets to the last card, obviously not even thinking about it. I pop it open. It's a princess. Dude. I started screaming that it happened. (laughs) 
I opened it from a chest. Oh, right. So not like me, how I bought it from the shop. Like you actually did it the right way. I did it. Th- I mean, you didn't do it the wrong way. You just took luck out of the equation. I, oh, like we right. said, got very, very lucky. Lucky. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, not only are we the Boom Brothers, but sir, we are legendary Boom Brothers. We are. Boom. Boom. Yeah. And uh, for anybody that's wondering, um, I'm still using Purple Flames deck. How, you may ask? The answer is I replaced the Spear Goblins with the Princess, and I'm still in the Legendary Arena, and it's working perfectly. Can't really top that, so boom. But I figured it was really good, especially since my Spear Goblins are mainly used to go after, like, you know, uh, the Minion Horde or even a Baby Dragon once it's already locked in on my tower, so Princess pretty much does that. I guess, theoretically, so, I mean, someone told me that you, I could do this, and I tried, but it didn't work, at least for me. You could replace the Fireball with the Princess, but... I feel like it doesn't necessarily have the same, obviously, the same impact because I mainly use the the uh, the fireball to take care of barbarians. Yeah, the fireball is just too impactful in purple flames deck. So I think it's like one of the most key cards in the deck, to be honest with you. Yeah. So that was our last like week and a half. That's right. And while we were away, we got so much news. Oh, man, so much, so much so that we were sitting in Vegas like, oh, man, I can't believe what's about to happen. Like, dude, did you hear? And, you know, we're talking about like four different cards, lots of changes to the tournament system, and then a slew of other things that they just decided to lump on us, some of which we knew was coming, some of which we did not. So what do you want to start with? I think... How do we tackle this beast? uh, Well, I think it's fair to say that we should probably do the balance changes first. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I feel like because that probably is affecting the actual gameplay the most. So Sure. Uh, So the first uh, change that we had was the giant who had his damage decreased by 5%. (laughs) I I love I love how they go out of their way to say that he has really big fists. Right. So no matter what, he's still going to hit quite hard after this change. Correct. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I I like this change. I think the giant was he dealt way too much damage. And the other thing, if you think about it, the last time the giant was buffed, he got a 5% damage increase. Right. And I don't know if you remember, but you had said that the whole reason for that was so that he could take out things like the cannon or the tombstone, or the elixir pump quicker if they were distracting him. I did say that. Um, And so, you know, they're just taking that away a little bit. He's got a lot of health. He only costs five elixir, and he is used a lot in the meta. I don't think this changes how much he'll be used, but I think it'll just, you know, make it a little bit more easy to deal with, which I think is fine. Yeah, I agree. I don't don't necessarily think that this is going to change how often he's used. Um... But it's nice to know that the Supercell fully believes that this card is mainly just a, a damage soaker. It's not really meant to be dealing a ton of damage. It does deal a good amount of damage. Um, but I guess, you know, the overall role of this card is to be the meat shield. I agree. Mm-hmm. And, and that is what it should be, right? So I, I think this change almost makes too much sense. So I really like it. <laughs> it's amazing that we even got it. So boom, boom. Um, and then the next one, which I was actually really surprised with at first, um, is a big change to the rage spell. So the elixir cost of the rage spell has been decreased to be a two cost spell instead of three. Um, and then its effect, so its speed up effect, is going to be decreased as well to 30% 
from 40%. Um, they also decreased its duration to two seconds. That's right. And I think the whole reason for this is because of the lumberjack, right? Right. People that had the lumberjack have the ability to just use the lumberjack. But the bonus to the lumberjack is that he has a rage spell that he drops when he dies. Right. And so the, the theory becomes, why would you spend three elixir for a rage spell that doesn't do anything other than rage? When you could spend one more elixir to get the same rage effect that literally has no, it, it's not shorter, it's not for less attack speed, it's not for uh, a different radius, it still affects everything the same. Yeah. And so for one more elixir, you have that ability. Plus, you're put throwing out a unit that is kind of tanky, or very tanky, that attacks very fast and does a lot of damage. No, that's true. I guess the only thing that confused me was, um, you know, obviously legendaries are still the rarest of all the cards, so I figured, like, if there are people that don't have that particular legendary card, um, you know, as long as the rage spell didn't cost more than three, I think it was a fair bet, but I, I get why this change happened. It's, it's a very, very cool change. Plus... It brings us back to our original sentiment for this particular spell, which was, it is a quick slap in the face. That is exactly what I was about to say. Because if you think about it, for two elixir, you can put this card in so many decks. Mm -hmm. And it's only two elixir. I mean, just think about the cards that you can throw down for two elixir and how quick of an impact they can have in the game. Right? Oh, I know. Like for two cost, you can throw down goblins or spear goblins or fire spirits. Mm -hmm. All things that if they get like a second or two on the, on the battlefield attacking, they can do immense amounts of damage. And so all you need is a rage spell now for two cost. It's going to reduce the cost of your average elixir cost of your decks. It's going to allow you to cycle quicker. It's not going to feel like when you throw this down, you're wasting as much elixir just to cause your current cards that are on the field to do more damage. Right. Right. And even if you do, it is lasting uh, a little bit less, too. Well, right. But like you said, no. When do you really ever see anybody use the rage spell and it take the full amount of time for it to work? It it doesn't. It, yeah. it really is like a one two punch. I mean, think about it. Where do you really want to be using the rage? You really want to only be using it uh, essentially at the tower. And when you're at the tower, you want to just take it out as quick as possible. So. I mean, I think, I think I also like the fact that they decreased its effect a little bit, so that balances that particular spell on top of the good changes that they gave it. So I, th I think overall, these are, this is a good balance to the balance. Yeah, I mean, they did this recently with the, with the bowler too, right? When they reduced it from six to five, they right. also decreased some of its stats. Right, yeah, that's so true. they seem to have set a precedent of this before. Um, I think the only time that they didn't change stats when they reduced something's cost was... Um, was the three musketeers it used to be 10 and then they made it nine even when they made the change to the goblin barrel they also made some changes to the stats right, right. so this seems like normal for them yep and then obviously going on to the next card which would be the lumberjack for consistency they made the rage effect be the same for both the rage spell and then his bonus rage spell yep i think this is it it's perfect to me yep um, also it would be a little weird to have a rage spell that does one thing and then his bonus rage effect do something else. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. And then the next one is a change coming to the lightning spell, which now, aside from doing an immense amount of damage to three direct targets, it now stuns the targets for 0.5 seconds. 
you talk about a change that is going to impact the meta. Oh, I know. This is it. Yep. Yep. Because people historically have used the zap almost in all decks because it's a great control card, is a direct counter to the Sparky. And it's super and cheap. And it's super cheap. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very versatile. The lightning is used, but it's mostly used for damage purposes. Single target, damage. But now it also has the ability to control the game, control different cards. And if you think about it, it hits the highest health units. So you can still ensure that you're, that you're stunning a Sparky. Sparky has incredibly large amounts of health, right? Yeah. So if it's next to 15 minions, it's still gonna, like 15 flying minions, it's still gonna hit the Sparky. Yep, and now it's gonna stun it and reset its charge. So, I mean, I, I seriously think that this, this change is gonna, is gonna impact the meta in a great way. It's gonna remove the implicit zap and give people other options to have control-like abilities, and that's what this game needs. Multiple cards that do similar things that have different tweaks so that you can interchange them. That's the way that the meta will change. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, how do you feel about the next change? The change to the log? Yep. I mean, I think it's great. They, they, they made a change so that it knocks back all ground troops that it hits. I mean, mm-hmm. it still doesn't impact ground and air. Um, so it's still the only spell that only targets one of the two types of troops. But I think it's great. It, it says all in caps, which makes me believe, I haven't seen it used yet, but it makes me believe that it, it, it even pushes back cards that don't get pushed back by Fireball. Like P.E.K.K.A. Like P.E.K.K.A., Prince, uh, Giant, Dark Prince, Giant, you name it. Think about how many times a P.E.K.K.A. only needs to get one, one hit in, mm-hmm. and it gets the hit in. Yep. Because you had to hit it one or maybe two more times. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And I have definitely seen this card play a lot more since they yep. made this change. And the thing that people don't really think about right away is that if you push something back, you can get it off the tower. So even if it has aggression on the tower, you can push it back and at the same time place another smaller troop in front of it, like a spear goblin or skeletons, and it'll re-aggro off of the tower and onto those troops. So you know, the other way to do that is a zap, but not everybody runs a zap when they run a log, right? right? So it, it just gives people more of an option to protect themselves while also killing things on, you know, on their side of the arena. Mm-hmm. And then the next change that we got was for the bomber who had his hit points decreased by 2% and then his damage increased by 2%. And apparently it was a yeah. small tweak to fix a couple inconsistencies with card interactions at certain levels. Sounds like similar to what they did with the archers a couple of episodes ago and what they did with the prince a couple of episodes ago. I think this is a good balance change. Sounds like a real balance change. Right. I never did the math, but I trust them. I don't need to do the math. So (laughs) yeah, I wonder what the, I wonder what the card inconsistencies were though. Right. Normally they say what it's for, Mm -hmm. right? Like they said with the archers, it's goblins. They said with the prince that it was the barbarians. Right. I don't know what it's, what the impacts are, but. If, if, if it's 2% and 2%, it's got to be for something, you know. Very specific. It's got to be for something. They don't just make up 2%. Yeah, no, that's a valid point. Um, and then the last change is to the mirror. The mirror. And so the mirror 
will actually mirror cards one level higher than its own level, even if that card is at max level, including tournament caps. Hit me with your best shot. All right, Pat Benazar, relax. How do you feel? Yeah, so when this one first happened, I couldn't believe it because it kind of blew my mind that at, with, with this particular change, we are going to be able to have a card that is a higher level than the max level of cards that is currently allowed in the game through normal upgrade progression. That's right. And on top of that, you will never really know the stats of that card. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Right? Because ever normally when you upgrade something, you see the stats on the side, but you don't know truly what the stats are of the 14th common level. Correct. Or of the, you know, 12th rare level. Most of the time it goes up 10% for all stats, but it's not always exactly 10%. Right. Sometimes they round up and down to make it a better number. And you tell me, even if you did know that, even if you knew the, you know, the, let's just say level 13 common stats of every single card. Right. Are you really that quickly going to be able to do all the math in your head that you need to, to, to calculate something? Only if I was an accountant for a firm in New York. Well, hey, not everybody's, <laughs> not everybody's me, Rob. Come on. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, no, I would Boom. definitely not be able to do that. Though it would be cool if they just gave you like a blanket percentage of what it would be. Not like tell you what the final result would be, but just be like stats increased by 10%. I agree. But you want to know what I find even more interesting? Hmm. It impacts the tournament level cards too. So when you're in a tournament, the max common is no longer nine. Right now it's It's, 10. It's 10. Wow. And what I would really want to know, somebody out there is going to do this, but if there's one card in the game that is better than all other cards at, at the same level or at one level higher, mm-hmm. that's going to be the most beneficial card to have in your deck with the mirror. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, I don't know what that card is, but let's just say that the Giants stats between level seven and level eight, which would be the, the tournament level cap gap, right. right? That that's the highest increment or that that's the biggest, you know, jump yeah no compared to all other cards that's a really good point someone's gonna figure it out and they're gonna make the mirror with they're gonna make a mirror deck for tournaments and it's gonna be unbelievable we're just not smart enough to figure out which card that is no we're not maybe maybe somebody else is uh uh smart enough to tell us boom Mm -hmm. who is 12 lucas 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 maybe maybe lucas could tell us lucas (laughs) help us out here (laughs) use your math please (laughs) Yeah. So I I think this is, you know, the mirror was always a card for me that that it it increased the elixir cost of the card you were trying to mirror by mm-hmm. one and you got no benefit for it. And it's just like, well, what's the why would I ever pay six? Why would I ever pay an extra one elixir for the same statted card? Right. No, unless I'm trying true. To, unless I'm trying to joke around and create 55 elixir pumps or have multiple, you know, rockets you have that surprise factor oh a mirrored rocket it's gonna do a crazy amount of damage a mirrored max sparky yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) this stuff is gonna be crazy i cannot wait to see how it impacts the game it's gonna get me so mad sometimes but i cannot wait yeah no my head's already spinning
It's halfway to the ground already. Boom. Mm-hmm. So that was it. So let's uh, let's let's wrap up these balance changes with a uh, a rating, like always. And why? Let's let's do rating and why. Okay, you first. Little brother never leaves. Boom. Ah, all right. Uh, so I'm going to give this one a solid A. A solid A. I'm going to give it a solid A. This is a 95. Really? Yeah, I think because. Why? Okay, so a couple reasons. One, um, there's only seven real changes, like bullet-pointed right. changes. So I think right. that we're finally to the point where we're, or at least Supercell is slowing down with how much they're actually changing within the game. So it is going to change the meta, but I'm going to put it more in terms of fine-tuning the meta. Sure. I think it's definitely more fine-tuning. Um, I, I like to see little incremental changes, like the change to the bomber. Um, that one little change to the log, the really little change to the lightning spell, like things like that. It's not like they're really making huge changes that are going to impact everything. It's all of these things impacting the meta together. That's right. No, I agree. It just gives people different options to create different decks. The, the more decks that the game has, the less boring it will be. It gives you a fresh perspective on the game because even if you don't create it and even if you don't think about it, somebody else will. And you can just copy it play it see if it works with their play style and try and try and master it i will say that i also give it a 95 percent solid a you same same number same number same grade because when we talk about balance changes this is it we talk about concise we talk about simple and we talk about things that actually make sense right i didn't go through any of these and say why would they ever do that? Instead, I said, wow, that's really interesting. I can't wait to see what it does to the game. Right. We were actually looking forward to what was going to happen in the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was never like, oh, you increase the Royal Giant's health and its range by plus one and its damage and it can now fly across the map. <laughs> yes. Oh, and it shoots a rocket. Sparky and, oh, grows wings and it flies. What? Like, right. It's none of that. Instead, it's like things that I'm reading and I'm like, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, honestly, dude, now that you talked about it the way that you did, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to use it, uh, but I'm really excited that the mirror card got that, that buff. And you were very skeptical about that before. I was, only because I was just worried that, you know, you're going to be dealing with cards that are higher than what's really allowed. But I guess that now that's allowed. So that's whatever. The point. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. Um, and, you know, I was just thinking about it. I'm sorry to keep dragging on about it, but if you, if you really think about it, just because you have two of the same card out on the field, because you were talking about like, you know, paying one more elixir for a card that's exactly the same. Just because you have two of the same exact card doesn't mean that those two cards together are really good. Well, most of the time, if you drop one card, it needs to be combined or synergized with another very different card that protects it or supports it. Right. Like if you drop two giants on the floor, it's not going to be that good for you. Especially, especially when someone just drops out a minion horde. Right. I mean, if you, that's right. If you drop two Royal Giants down right next to each other, sure, it might be cool, but you might do a lot of damage at first, but you literally have zero elixir and they're going to be, they're going to, you're essentially all offense. Yep. You have no defense anymore Mm -hmm. and they're going to be coming at you with a swarm of troops and you're going to be generating elixir. Don't get me wrong. The mirror is going to be an awesome card. But it's going to be awesome because of the exchanges that get put down. You can save an extra giant push. 
and it's going to be a better giant push than I the know. one that you just did. I know, that's <laughs> crazy. And even, even I'm just thinking about all the cards, like just even with my deck with Purple Flame. Uh, I mean, dude, just throwing a Prince out, that's, a, that's one level higher than the max level. Right, all you have to do is save the mirror, and the next time that you cycle to the Prince, just don't, don't use your card, use the mirror. Right. Woo! Man, I can't, Woo! dude. Wow. Woo! Wow. I know. Dude, don't even get me started, because now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a, a mirror deck. I'm making a mirror deck. That's, That's it. it. That's Done. it. You heard it here first, guys. Joe's making a mirror deck. <laughs> Done. Boom. I'm going to boom the mirror. Boom, boom, boom. Boom the mirror. The boom mirror. Uh, cool. All right. So that was the balance changes. Aside from all of that, we got a huge game update as well. And there were some awesome things that came into this game. So they started all of this by giving us a couple of sneak peeks. Um, That's right. Which then... The update hit on Monday, which also came with the balance changes. So this was, this was a huge update to the whole game. Right. So the sneak peeks that we've been getting for like, you know, the past couple of days over the weekend while we were in Vegas all came to fruition in this balance update, right? Yep. And we got some awesome new content. So we finally get to see what they were talking about to their big ideas for new tournaments. That's right. Mm-hmm. The coolest thing is that they implemented challenges and the simplest way that i will say challenges is you can basically pay gems Mm -hmm. to enter into we'll call it a we'll call it a challenge we'll call it a challenge yeah right and the way that it works is that you can play up to 12 wins if you get 12 wins you get the top prize automatically automatically yeah Game's over. (laughs) You play regular people, you and me, we play. And if I win 12 games, I win the top prize. The trick is, I have to win those 12 games before I lose three times. Right. You know what this reminded me of? Hearthstone. Ooh. Arena. Yes. Because in Hearthstone Arena, you pay 100 gold to play games. And every time you enter into the quote unquote arena, you have to play games. And depending on how many you win, you get a better chest of or a better, you know, set of cards or more gold or whatever. Right. I didn't even so think you're about gonna, that. You're going to get prizes every time you enter the challenge. It just might not be a good prize if you only win one or two games. Right. That's that, that's true. And I really like the fact that they went with uh, the three strikes you're out. I love it. Um, also, fun to know is that if you pay, obviously, because you have to pay the gems in order to get into these challenges. Right now, there's only two thus far. Uh, the classic challenge and the grand challenge. Um, but the nice thing is that no matter what, you will get something. That's right. And it's like, it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. This is, and this is on top of the tournaments that we already have as a venue to go into and play, right? Right. So it's not like they took the tournaments that we previously had that are like a, you know, quasi ladder and they removed them. Instead, they gave us an arena type challenge and then they still gave us a, a tournament on the side. Right. We still have the ability to make custom uh, tournaments. Now, we did find out that there are a handful of changes that come with the actual custom original tournaments. Correct. So how that works now is that previously you can make a tournament for like, you know, let's just call it 100 different combinations because you could change the prep time and you could change the battle length mm-hmm. and you could change the size and there were 15 different sizes and blah, blah, blah. Well, now... There's only four total sizes, and they give you different options, and that's all you can create. Also, prep time is always two hours long, and the battle length time is always only 
one hour. Always. Which means you can no longer change how long prep is, how long the games are. All you can do is change the size of the tournament. But the size of the tournament will also increase the size of your rewards. On top of that, they also changed the price to create them. Now it's only 100 gems to create the lowest one, 500 to create the second highest one, and so on and so forth. Mm. So it is much more feasible for people to have larger sized tournaments, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I actually was a little thrown by this change at first because, you know, simplification is always, is always good. I'm, I'm all about simplification. But for us specifically, because we like to do our tournaments every once in a while, it makes it a little bit more difficult when we can't change the tournament length to anything above an hour. Because now, no matter what time we make our tournament, that's the time it is. And if people can't get in it, people can't get in it. I totally agree with you. However, if the lowest tournament is only 100 gems to create, we can have so many more of them. Well, that's a valid point. Um, And then you actually found um, something cool when you tried to make one, because we we weren't actually making one for real, but you tested making one. That's right. So... The, another cool thing is that when you go into the game and you look at custom tournaments, the first thing that'll pop up are tournaments created by your clan. Right. It says it. And if the person that created the tournament has the option on to allow the clan members to see it, they don't need a password to join, even if a password is on it. Phenomenal. They can just join. But you have the ability to shut that off so that you can you know click the button and click off that way you know your clan members can't see it but also you know if you're just trying to host a tournament for maybe your friends and not for your your clan members or whatever you have that option but the cool thing is that you don't have to tell people oh in your clan search this tag and type in this password and oh try and find it no i can't find it well now they just have to click join it's as simple as that Right. So if we have that switch turned on and we have our tournament, our listeners could still find it by the tag and use the password the way that they normally do, correct? That's right. It just gives people that are in your clan convenience for joining your tournament. Right. So another perk of being in our clan. Boom. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was a doozy. I was really impressed that they, uh, they came out with that. Yes, sir. The next, new, the next change is that we are getting four new cards. All four cards are on a timer to get released. At the time of this episode, the first, which is a Mega Minion, is not out yet, but will be available soon. And then on top of that, which is the first time that they've ever done this, uh, every card, the next three cards, will be released every two weeks. So they're sprinkling in the new cards to gradually get people used to them, one, and two, making it so that the meta doesn't get smacked in the face with four brand new cards. Completely agree. Really, really, really digging this. Really like it, it a lot. It, it's so smart. I also like that they're on a timer. They only show you the card, the portrait of the card that has the timer on it, and then the other ones, they still leave the question marks. I completely agree. <laughs> so tell me about this Mega Minion and tell me how much you love it. Dude, Go ahead. the Mega Go Minion. Ahead. The Mega Minion! Okay, so the Mega Minion is a three-cost singular minion that is, I would probably say, three times the size of a regular minion. It's got some armor on it, although I don't think it uh, acts like it has armor the way that other cards that have armor in this game do. Um, It's a little slow-moving, but it has a lot of health. 
a lot of health for a minion. And it makes me really excited because now you can have, now you can really have close to a full air deck, especially since most of the time you have either a building, two buildings, one spell, two spells, a combination of those two things. You now have six air cards that are available to use, plus two buildings or plus two spells. Get ready for Air Force 3. Air Force 3, baby. <laughs> I really like this card because it's the first air card that's a tank that attacks singular troops. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a different style of an air card. Previously, you couldn't do singular target damage to any unit because the only tanky air unit that attacked troops was the baby dragon. Right. Every other tanky air unit attacked only buildings. Mm-hmm. So I really think that this is such a good card because it's a little bit tankier, has a different purpose, and will, I think it's going to impact the meta in a great way. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited about it. Um, and I, I can't even believe that we're recording this and we don't know what the other three cards are. I know. But we do know but, that two of them are legendaries. Right. And I'm assuming the other one is going to be... I'm, I'm going to guess and say the other one is going to be a rare card. Yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably say that. And the only reason that I say that is because the last time that they put cards out... They gave us two legendaries, one epic and one common. What'd they give us? They gave us the bowler. Which is an epic. Ice spirit. Which is a common. Right, they didn't give us a rare. True. And something fun about this is the next... Um, those cards, like the, the legendary... First of all, the Mega Minion is going to be in, is unlocked in the Royal Arena. So that's Arena 7. Okay. One of the other cards, whether it's common, rare, or epic, we don't know yet, um, is going to be unlocked in Frozen Peak, which is Arena 8. Then you have the two legendaries. Dude, the two legendaries, one is unlocked in Arena 5 in Spell Valley. So now you have two legendaries in Arena 5, Ice Wizard being the other. And then in Arena 4, you now also have two, which was just the Lava Hound. So you know what that does? It increases your chances to get a legendary in earlier arenas. So you have the ability to climb faster. Right, right. But not only climb faster, you also have a better chance of getting them all throughout your, you know, all throughout your, call it your Clash Royale career. Since you're in Arena 4 all the way up, now you have more options. You have more chances to get more legendaries. Mm -hmm. Some other nice things that I actually noticed with you know, just that were just tweaked in this game. First of all, um, in your card list, the first time that you go by that screen, it scrolls you down to the bottom to show you what cards are coming soon, which I thought was really nice. Um, they also show you the portraits of all of the legendaries, or at least all the cards, if you've seen them. So there's no more question marks except for the cards that we don't know of which are coming out. Those little tweaks I thought were really, really nice. Agreed. Mm-hmm. We are also getting new chests in the shop, That's um, right. as well as in the game for when you're playing and winning matches. Uh, the first of which is dun, 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 the legendary chest. Legendary chest. Man, Love it. it's almost as if we talked about this kind of this concept like a couple of weeks ago. I know. It's crazy. Right? Dude, contains a legendary card guaranteed from any arena, regardless of what arena you're in. I have nothing to add because that is exactly what I want. I want a guaranteed legendary from a chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also appears in the shop. Has yours ever shown one of these chests yet? 
Not yet, but you know, it'll come. I'm really curious to see how much it costs. That's right. I know I agree, but I, but aside from the legendary chest, there's the epic chest and similar to the legendary chest, how that guarantees legendaries, the epic chests only contain epic cards. Well, that's the cool thing about those two chests, right? The legendary chest will contain a legendary, but it doesn't tell you if it's going to contain other types of cards, which I would assume it would, but who knows? The epic chest only contains epic cards. I'm just curious to know how how long they're going to take to open. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm, Guaranteed legendary. Hmm. One week. Yeah, that that sounds like Supercell. (laughs) Yep. And then uh, to add insult to injury, they added some arena packs to the shop. Yep. These arena packs are dangerous. They're, they're making me chew my fingers off, man. I can't handle it. So basically, Supercell now gives you special one-time offers, depending on what arena you're in, that may, be, that, that may seem super worth it. Because... <laughs> In most instances, they are five times the value of any other thing you would buy in the shop. Yeah. Yep. So, like, perfect example is right now, obviously, so I'm in the Legendary Arena, so I am sitting with a a deal that says $9.99, right? So 10 bucks for one Legendary chest, which we just learned contains a guaranteed Legendary card, 1,200 gems, and 100,000 gold. Chump change, right? No, no big deal. Dude, I'm sitting at 20,000 gold right now. If I bought that, I'd have 120,000. So I could buy three different legendaries so long as I let them cycle them through in the shop. And then I'd get a legendary from the legendary chest, not including all of the gems that I have to convert to gold. I hear you, man. It is, it is the smartest move Supercell would make because it's a one-time purchase. And aside from that, it is so enticing. Even us free-to-play players are so tempted to buy it and it's going to increase their revenues and it's a smart move for them honestly we were answering the question a week or two ago about what would it take to switch us over from free to play to pay to play this may or may not be it yeah i mean it's literally five times the value and it's only 10 bucks so maybe what we do rob is i mean you and i we don't want to we don't want to spend money on the game right right but what if we ran a poll for people to either say yay or nay mm-hmm. for us to buy one of these things. Digging it. Love it. If they say no. We don't buy it. We, we nay away. Mm-hmm. I like if it. If they say yes. We do it. We yes on. You have to yes on. Yes and on is good. Boom. All right. So let's do that. I like that. That's really good. All right. Well, hey. <laughs> Full of good if ideas. I think about it too long. I'm not going to do it. So boom. I, I'll make a poll and I'll put it in the show notes. We'll see what happens. Watch Sweet. nobody votes. Nobody's going to Nobody's going to vote. So then the other thing that we got was new. Oh, uh, they're, they're, they're technically called card stacks. So I haven't particularly seen them yet, um, but I'm assuming is they would just be a stack of cards that you can buy uh, of the same card, which is kind of cool. Right. And they're going to feature cards that they're just recently releasing. And the whole point of that is so that they don't have to pump the cards out to you. And if you want to use the mega menu when it comes out, you can just, if you want to, you can buy a pack and upgrade it quicker and use it in your deck i really hope that this change actually means that they are going to stop pumping out the new cards to us because sometimes i don't really want them i mean think about how many times you and i got ice spirits when they first came out well that's what i'm saying i mean this just it it, hopefully it removes that from the game and it just makes people who really want that card or need them 
or need them in order to make their deck more viable, they can. And then gives everyone a higher chance of getting so many other types of cards. Boom. Mm -hmm. All right. And then we also got some social changes to the game. So this one was the only one that I'm kind of a little back and forth about. I really like it, but I think they could have done more. Okay. So first of which, we got friendly battles. So Joe, you and I can now challenge each other. I... We've already done it. Boom. <laughs> we have. Um, now, the, the fun thing is, uh, you know, you go into your friends list, which is now uh, built into where the clan tab was. Um, and now that's just the social tab. And you'll have, you know, the clan stuff, the search section, and then the friends list. The friends list, as always, is comprised of your game center friends and or your Facebook friends. Right. Right. So the big downside that I see here is that we can't search for players using the search and we can't add people to that list unless we add them in Game Center or we become Facebook friends. So not a huge deal, but I don't know. It just just a, I, I, either it's an oversight or they just don't have the infrastructure to put that in the game yet. I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think that they needed this call it infrastructure to set up for searching for friends. And I mean, every person has a, a gamer tag in right, the game. Right. And so the, if you want to find that you can be friends with them or you can play a game against them and then look at their profile, or you can see what clan they're in, search the clan and then look at their profile. But either way you can do it. But now there's a venue to actually do it. True. I guess the only thing that was throwing me off is, you know, my game center name for me, it is, but your game center name doesn't have to be your game name. Well, right. But you're, if you go into the game, you can, you can look at somebody's profile and see their actual gamer tag, hmm. which is just like a combination of letters and numbers. Right. That's true. Um, and then and it's a unique combination that you can use to search them eventually. I'm sure they're going to put it in. Yeah, they, they have to. Uh, it's it, honestly, it seems like a no brainer. So now that that's there, hopefully they do do that. But did you that's notice right. something that we had talked about a long time ago that they added to the friends list? Are you going to say that I can watch your games now? No, I'm going to say that they put a green dot next to you when you're online. Oh, that's true. And I can see when you're online. That's true. Uh-huh. The only but, thing that's missing is the fact that you can't do that in the clans yet. That's right. But they're, they're def if, if they did it for the friends list, they can probably do it on that. Too. No, I agree. And I, I definitely see that coming uh, in the foreseeable future. Um, it's just, you know, it was really, really nice to see that. But I will tell you another little oversight. And again, maybe it's the infrastructure because push notifications, you know, are difficult to send when there's millions of them being sent all the time when i challenged you to a game you had no idea that's right i don't get like a push notification telling me that that you've requested a game from me i only get that notification if i'm in the game right which i you know fine whatever but i found it weird that it let me send you a game challenge request while you were offline like it shouldn't let you do that i agree but hey you know they call it call it 1.0 but i'm sure they'll they'll tweak it and make it better mm -hmm. other cool thing though if a friend of yours that's on your friends list is in a game, you can click the I button similar to like you would if you were trying to view a, a tournament game and you can literally spectate their game as if you were watching a tournament, which Ooh, is super cool. I like that. That's were you watching my game before when you were waiting for I me? Was. Wow, that was you. Um, yeah, so that pretty much does it for all the social stuff. Then obviously we got the big changes to the emotes. 
How do you feel about mutant emotes? I've used them every time I've needed to use them. <laughs> and I love it. I've, I've taken a step towards evaluating whether I'm going to mute someone or not is if, if I say good luck to someone and they don't respond, they're muted. I don't even want to know <laughs> what, they, what they can and cannot say. It's not happening. Game over. Yep. Peace. And you were right. When someone's muted, it just shows the, the ellipses. It shows the three dots. That's right. So I don't care what they're saying, but I don't need to know. Kind of makes me so much happier when I beat someone and they were angry, I'm sure, and I muted them and it just shows me the three dots at the end of the game after I three crown them. But you don't know if they said good luck who, and you'll never you think know that what? they said anything else because who knows? If you start out mean, you're getting muted. Done. Boom. That's how we roll here. And then the other change that they did, which is pretty cool, is that when you're going for your crown chest, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you can go for multiple crown chests at a time. Ooh. Like you can save up one for the other. Oh, I've right? noticed. Yep. But the issue was sometimes you'd win a game and you'd three crown somebody and you only needed one more crown to get the chest mm -hmm. and you'd get your first chest. So you, the one would go to your first chest and then you would have zero out of 10 for your second one. Right. Well, now excess crowns, when you have two available, will overflow into the other chest. So you can start your zero out of 10 countdown quicker. I love that. I think that that, especially since, you know, sometimes I try, I try to take a break from the game, like just let like a day go by. And that's when your crown chest doubles up. Right. Um, so when I come back, all of a sudden I'm finishing a chest and I realize that I had nine out of 10 and I three crown someone and now I carry two over into the next chest. Well, right. But it also gives you more incentive to play the game. Like right. there's sometimes where I play the game and I'll, I'll get a, a crown chest and then I see zero out of 10. I'm like, you know what? It's going to take me forever to get another to get another crown chest. So I'm just going to stop. Whereas now I'm already on to the next one. I'm, I already feel some sort of progression. Oh, and real quick, before we go into the last change, um, did you notice, obviously, the uh, the main screen when you finish a battle, it changed the way that they lay out the crowns. They're on like little so pillows cool they look so awesome now <laughs> it's like the little tweaks to the game that make it look cooler it's when so you're much more it. majestic when you look at it and i feel a lot better when i get those crowns now completely agree and like the winning person lights up in purple a little bit like i glows. know i know i know and also something else that i noticed because i play with sound a lot um when you tap the the emote button it makes a specific noise like different from the regular noise that it used to make so little tweak but i thought it was cool Interesting. I never play with sounds, so I've never heard that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last change, if you didn't notice, uh, we got a new achievement for the new tournament challenges, which at least the first one says it's called a challenge streak. Um, and it says get four victories in a single challenge. And the first one is five experience and five gems. Well, hopefully it goes up from there and not like the other tournament achievements where the first one gives you 500 gems. The second one gives you 500 gems. Yeah, who knows? I mean, the first set that you have to do is you need to do four. I don't know if you need to do 10 after that, and then the next one's 15, and then it gives you more rewards after that. But it should, it should scale. That's what I'm saying. It should scale. The other tournament achievement didn't scale, and it was just like, play the first one, get 500 gems. Post 10 more, get 500 gems. Post 20 more, get 500 gems. Like, what? <laughs> I'd like to think that someone somewhere from Supercell is listening to us and have taken all of our feedback, especially since they used our green dot suggestion. Please give us scalable achievements. That's all we want. Mm -hmm. We just want things that make sense. Yep. Um, yeah, so that pretty much does it for that monster game update. Grade on the game update. Grade on the whole game update? The whole game update. A minus. A minus. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to go with another solid A. Yeah? I, re- I honestly think that these changes make the game more enticing. I feel like it's going to increase the longevity of this game and it makes people want to play it more because it gives people different options. It gives people what they want. These are all things that we've been asking for. Yeah. It's not like they just like threw something out of the air and they're like, you know what? That sounds good. <laughs> it's like yep. these are things that people have been talking about for the last five months. No, I agree. The only reason why I docked it a couple points from the regular balance uh, changes is I think that there's obviously a little bit more room for growth here. Um, and I think like you said, and I think you nailed it perfectly when you said um, that this, this is clearly a 1.0 for certain things. Fine. I'm really, now that I have the 1.0, I'm really looking forward to 1.1 and 1.2 and 1.3. And that is what I think for me will bring it back up to the A. And then plus, who knows what other cool things they wind up coming up with. I mean, they didn't, they didn't do anything with collecting emotes this time around, right? And they said they might have. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, like I said, I think this is a, it's a good start. And that's why I was, like, I'm just so happy about the fact that they gave people what they wanted and they made the game more enticing. Um, you know, some of it involves going into the shop, but hey. Even when you go in the shop, they're making it worth it for you. So it's like, all right, Supercell, I see you. I see you, Supercell. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I see it. <laughs> okay, so let's go into emails and reviews. And we got two new emails, uh, one of which is a little long, so we're going to truncate a little bit. But uh, as you can tell, we're not really doing a deck spotlight because we had a lot of stuff to talk about. But the email that we are going to uh, be referring to here has a deck spotlight built in. So we thought that this was an appropriate time to talk about it, right? Boom. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first email is from Roberto Dash. Roberto. And he writes, hello, guys. I'm from Brazil and have been listening to your podcast for a few weeks. You guys are doing an awesome job. Well, in the following lines, I'll explain the deck that brought me to the legendary arena and would like to talk about it in the deck spotlight. So here you go, Roberto. The deck consists of the Giant, the Bomber, Fire Spirits, Ice Spirit, Knight, Elixir Collector, Zap, and the Ice Wizard. Previously, I used the Witch instead of the Ice Wizard until the Icy Guy appeared in the shop for me, and Minions instead of the Ice Spirit. So here's how the deck works. Right, so this deck is actually a 3.0 cost deck, so it's extremely fast. It cycles very, very quickly. But it's not your typical cycle deck. Because it has the giant. And the giant is accompanied by the bomber, fire spirits, and these other little things that just that are cheap that mm-hmm. allow it to get to the tower. The cool thing is that the giant is accompanied by the knight. Yeah. And the knight is a tanky melee unit that attacks very quickly and does some pretty good damage, especially if it's not being targeted and killed quickly. Mm-hmm. But here's how the deck works. You put the pump down in the back so you can start generating some resources. All you're supposed to do is play defensive at first until you learn your opponent's cards and what he's playing. That way you can counter them the next time around. After that is when you're going to start your large pushes. In theory, the way that you should play defense is use the bomber for ground troops along with the ice wizard and some ice spirits. Because if you can do that, you'll be able to not only kill ground troops with the bomber, you'll also be able to freeze and slow down air troops with the ice wizard and the ice spirits. Right. Like I said before, the the knight is very good. It does a lot of damage. And because it's tanky, it can be used defensively. But on offense, or when it switches on to offense, it really helps facilitate the offensive push. Once you crush your opponent and his push, 
The job is to put the giant down by the bridge so that your units going forward attack and facilitate his push. This is different from something like putting the giant in the back and then building up this like long, steady push. Right. You right? don't really have to do that with this deck because the other cards are really, really cheap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're using those cheap cards to defend. And then right after they're done defending, you put the giant down and you start your offensive push. Right. The giant is not very easily dealt with when there's little time to react to it. And little elixir as well. That's right. And if you can get the giant down with the knight and the bomber behind it, as Roberto puts it, mm-hmm. boom, boom, is what you will see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we said before, the Ice Wizard is really good on defense, but when it goes onto the offensive with these other cards, it really creates a difficult task for your opponent. And even if your opponent tries to use something like minions or, or the minion horde, the combination of your Ice Wizard, Ice Spirit, and your Fire Spirits, oh wait, not to mention the Zap, are going to kill anything that comes your way. Right. Now, the thing that Roberto explains later on in the email is that there are two specific deck architects that counter this deck really well, or at least he hasn't really quite figured out how to deal with them perfectly. Um, One being one of the decks that we talked about last time, which would be a P.E.K.K.A. Three Musketeer deck. Yep. Then the other one would be the trifecta combination that we also talked about. That's right. So if you do wind up facing any of these kinds of decks, you know, just be aware that it's not going to be a great experience for you, or the only way to win is going to be to really take advantage of trades. Mm-hmm. Um, so in these types of decks, you're really going to have to take advantage of the cycle ability of your deck and pushing quickly. Right. There's not a lot of waiting, and you want to always be putting the pressure on. That's right. And the cool thing is that, is that Roberto's deck is at the 20 cap. And he's floating around 31 to 3,200 trophies. Yeah. So this deck truly does work. And if you've got the cards, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I do want to mention, because I thought it was really nice. Um, at the end of the email, he wrote, keep up the good work and know that your podcast is breaking the language barriers and is reaching so many people in the world. And then he says, see, see you, you in, in the, the arena. arena. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Ah, yeah. So thank you, Roberto, for that awesome email. And for everybody that's listening, we hope you have a lot of success with this deck. Boom. What can we name it? Hmm. It's got a lot of freezes. It's got the Ice Wizard, the Stun with the Zap, the Ice Spirit. Can we call it the Frozen Giant or the Frosty Giant? Let's call it the Brazilian Truffle. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's what I'm going with. How about, how about the Brazilian Frosty? The Brazilian Frosty. That's good, Boom. right? Boom. Um, yeah, so the next and last email is from Jake, whose in-game name is Brickhouse, and he writes, Hey, Rob and Joe, love the podcast and always enjoy the fun commentary insight. Can you I br- just stop you? Because hmm. he did not say, Hey, Rob and Joe. Ooh. He said, Hey, Joe and Rob. Oh, man. All right. So he says, Boom. Hey, Joe and Rob. <laughs> Love the podcast and always enjoy the fun commentary and insight you bring to the discussion each week. If you're game, I've got a content idea to share for the show. Basic idea would be to do a reverse deck spotlight of sorts. Essentially, take top decks or common combinations used in many decks, like the trifecta and the giant balloon, and talk through the strategies on how to beat the combos or options for responding in order to position the player as optimally as possible. Again, great pod. Keep it up, Jake. This is an awesome suggestion because we always focus our casts on decks that work in the current meta. Mm-hmm. And then when we're doing that, we say, be, be sure to watch out for this or use this for offense and use this for defense. Right. Or 
how do you then play against it other decks in the current meta with the with the current meta deck that we're telling you to play with right but instead if we took the the other perspective and we said here is a deck that's good in the current meta let's beat it dude i love it a reverse deck spotlight it's crazy. RDS, We're gonna do let's that. do it. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be like a full deck spotlight like that. That could just be like a deck that we're featuring. We want to know how to counter it, and we learn it. Boom. Mm-hmm. So, Jake Brickhouse, thank you so much for the awesome suggestion. We are definitely implementing this into the show. Boom. Boom. And then this week we got three reviews, um, and the first one is from It's Jimmy Boy, uh, and it's five stars from Canada. Um, and he writes, guess what? This is hands down the best podcast out there. Great ideas, decks, music. I'm here for you guys. LOL. Their banter is casual and interesting, and they have a certain flow to the podcast that is unbelievable. If you can count to a number higher than five, this is how many stars I would give them. Boom. Boom. Thanks, it's Jimmy. Jimmy Boy from Frosty Freezing Canada, as he once put it in, in an email to us. That's true. It's Jimmy Boy. Thank you for your review, brother. Boom. Boom. And then the next review that we got is from Andrew Bear. Um, from the U.S., and he simply writes, boom, five-star review. He wrote more than that. He titled it, boom, and then he wrote, <laughs> boom. Right, so double boom. Right, Gave in the title boom. and in the description, mm-hmm. boom. If there, was ever, if there was ever an appropriate review, this was it. This was it. And then the last review that we got is from Harry, um, who actually wound up leaving us two reviews. Um, so we only picked one, because uh, we really liked how this one uh, sounded. So he wrote, uh, Royale Boom. Great show, Joe and Rob. There you go, Joe. Discovered, discovered the show about two weeks ago while searching the iTunes store, and I absolutely love it. I love the fact that you guys keep it clean, so I am able to listen with my kids who are also casual daily players. The card spotlights are excellent, and I love how you give detailed explanations on how to run the decks you are featuring. I, for one, cannot wait to try out the latest deck spotlight, World of Witchcraft. Keep up the good work, and Royale Boom to you both. Royale, boom. <laughs> I mean, you know what the what my favorite part of this entire review is, other than the word "boom." The the best part about this review—it's without a doubt that he listens with his kids. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about all the time how much we love our community and the different people that listen, especially with their kids. We just want to be family family friendly, and we want as many people to listen as possible. So this is just this really meant so much when we read it. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Harry. We really appreciate it. And thank you to everybody that left us reviews this week. And we hope World of Witchcraft works for you. Double boom. Boom. Um, so no patrons this week, no PayPal sponsorships this week. If you would like to sponsor or contribute towards either of those two things, the information is going to be in the show notes. And other than that, that pretty much does it for this week's episode. Boom. This was, like a, this was like a monster episode with so many things to talk about. It was so big we couldn't do a real deck spotlight. I know, <laughs> and we really wanted to. But the cool thing was we got the email that allowed us to kind of do that. I mean, to be fair, we weren't making up decks while we were in Vegas. Well, I think that goes without saying. Well, like we were saying before, we're going to be taking the next two weeks off. Um, so if you would like to join our clan in the interim of our break, because we will be back after October 8th, Joe will be a married man by then. Send us an invite in the game. Um, press the invite button. Sends us the request. And just make sure you put the word podcast in the invitation. That's right. And if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, be sure to check us out at Podcast Royale. Yes. And then any questions, comments, concerns, love or hate, send us an email at feedback at Cast Royale Podcast. 
Com. And be sure to check out our Discord so you can keep up with the community that we've got there and be the first to hear when we have a spot open for you. Boom. Boom. And obviously that stuff will be in the show notes so you can easily get to it. Um, and again, last but not least, don't forget to take our listener survey. We revamped some of the questions to make them uh, you know, more applicable to what's going on in the current meta. I probably need to update it one more time because we are getting four new cards. Boom. Boom. Until next time. When I will be a married man. You know what? You know what? I'm going to let you do it this time because this is the last time you'll be able to say it. Not married. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead. This is all you, bro. All right. You ready? I don't know if I'm ready for it. You better be ready. All right. Here we go. Until next time, join us for a hodgepodge of everything. Of everything. Boom. Boom. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.